Dead Frog Society is a comedy gig that happens at the Thunderbolt on the Bath Road in Bristol every last Wednesday of the month. Enjoy. This is a. This is all very new to me. Maybe next time when you do some improv, I'll get up and I'll really fuck things up. But anyway, it'll be fine. I'm going to play a song about something that happened to me at a party a little while ago about a guy that was really kind of. The life and soul of the party he seemed like a really nice dude. And he wasn't too trendy, he wasn't too over the top, but he kind of, he was just going around asking everyone questions and people loved it. And then he came up to me and he was kind of like, I just want to ask you, it's one of those things, have you ever um, taken so much acid that you've fallen up the stairs, seeking items from a central that eventually elude you? So you think, what's the point of staying up here? But hours later you still knock them down. But still a million little thoughts revolve and all them shuffle along in neon pink and unused sorts of your encephalon. But to lock them all which are the end of every tree and octopus that thought they were a tent. Oh, to put too much acid and then thought they were each other. And that's why we have the problem of the sycamore who beats and still they speak to us. I think we took too much again. The sky is not my friend again. Are you the Minotaur? And I wasn't really sure what to say. To him. When he got to the Minotaur part, but before, him, I was kind of, before that I was kind of with him. Um. <laughs> I actually put together a little dating questionnaire, just a kind of little personality quiz, designed to weed out any um, undesirables. And by that I mean people who use the word amaze balls in casual conversation. <laughs> Question number one, keeping it simple What is your favourite colour of person? <laughs> Number two, your entire family is strapped to a combine harvester. A Sorry. Your entire family is strapped to a conveyor belt about to be fed into a combine harvester. If they were strapped to a combine harvester, that would indicate not necessarily danger, but a farmer with rather too much time on his hands. <laughs> they are strapped to a conveyor belt about to be fed into a combine harvester. You only have time to save one. Who do you save? And how much of them? <laughs> Question three, which of these animals do you feel best describes your personality? A, soldier ant, B, guard dog, or C, murder pig? <laughs> Number four, what time is it? Deduct points if they say anything other than time for anal and biscuits. <laughs> what I like about that joke is that it combines sort of a degree of sexual perversion with just kind of a love of bland household mundanity. It's the kind of sexual fetish your grandmother would have. <laughs> you don't discuss these things with your grandmothers? Yeah. And number five, which of these best describes your ideal date? A, a romantic candlelit dinner for two. B, a secluded island getaway. <laughs> or C, abduction. <laughs> by a team of elite covert operatives, evil men, bloodthirsty war criminals with one mission and one mission only. To make this the best birthday ever. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's like I was talking to this woman once, and she said to me, she said, I spend half an hour every day, half an hour every day doing my hair. And I worked out that that's 180 hours a year which works out to a week solid, day and night. And I thought to myself, if you read in that time, this conversation would be a lot more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, I initially moved over here with uh, my boyfriend.
boyfriend that I've been with for three years, and I've been living with him for three years, and we shared everything, which is nice at first. And after a while, do you know, when you're sharing the TV, you should fucking match of the day, I've had enough of it. You're sharing the TV, you're sharing the bills, even like, I like to drink water everywhere I go, right? Not because I'm really healthy, I'm just a massive stoner, so I've always got <laughs> Yeah, I like to drink water everywhere I go, so you're sharing that as well. And then you get up to the bed, the last drag of the day. There he is, right? We've got to the point now, yeah, that we can wear, well, we've got to that point where we could wear masks without, you know, sleeping masks, without feeling like complete dickheads, yeah? Mm -hmm. The thing is, we're lying there in bed, facing each other. <sighs> I'm breathing in his carbon dioxide. He's <laughs> taking my oxygen. <laughs> I draw the line at sharing my air, do you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, the, the sex had really gone down, downhill as well by that point. Maybe it was the masks, do you know, any navigational problems. <laughs> and it became a little bit regimented after a while. Yeah, see if this trip's on. <laughs> Are you ready? So, yeah. Um, it became a little bit regimented after a while, and I started to feel a little bit like a, a sergeant in the army, do you know what I mean? Position one! <laughs> Posi position two! <laughs> position three! Finish him! <laughs> yeah. That one works every time. Get a little bit bored, snap that one out. Do you know what I mean? Lovely. And my body type isn't one that gets much of a look in either, because. Yeah, in Mills and Boone, romance novels, that kind of thing, it's always, and then, with his big, strong hands, he clutched me to his broad chest and ravished me with his ravishing stick. Like, it's never, and then, with his weedy, childlike hands, <laughs> he clutched me to a chest that was not so much small as... <laughs> concave. <laughs> and we ate dry, whole wheat toast. <laughs> It would have been buttered, but he said that spreads made him uncomfortable. <laughs> Actually, rabbish is kind of an odd word, because it dates back to the Middle Ages. It used to, it originally meant rape. Uh, silence, yes, that is the correct response to rape. <laughs> uh, but then in the, in the 19th century, it changed just to mean rough sex. And, and now it means beautiful. Like, if you call someone ravishing, that's a compliment. Does else think that's a slightly sinister transition? <laughs> rape. Sort of, Ray. <laughs> you look nice. <laughs> and I can understand why mainly girls don't actually find me that attractive because I'm, I'm not really very sexy. I think that's the thing. I'm just, I'm not, I don't, I don't kind of use sex. You know, I don't think people look at me and think, um, that man could fuck me. <laughs> really hard and make me feel like they like to talk to me they're happy to talk to me and they're like oh he really listens he's really nice um, but essentially I don't, I don't think this is really a Star Trek t-shirt makes up for it, it? so the girls look at the Star Trek t-shirt and go yeah I mean the whole thing the Star Trek t-shirt yes he's going to provide me with the orgasm that I need yeah but one of the things I found on it was in a, an old copy of the Times, it was about 100 years old. Um, the Times used to be just basically entirely personal, and it used to be, it, like, it was like fucking Craigslist. 
but for the upper classes, they would just put all sorts of shit like, I've lost my sister, someone find her. Just <laughs> <laughs> so like, or suspicious man seeks to give massages to God. <laughs> or whatever, you know, the, the 1800s equivalent of that, with, you know, they'd do it with a moustache or whatever. Um, but I found this brilliant, sorry, I can't read it, this brilliant advert, um, which I wanted to read to everyone. It says, found... A liver-coloured retriever bitch. <laughs> if not owned in seven days, will be sold to pay expenses. <laughs> I thought, what an incredibly harsh thing to say. But then I thought, also, they are paying by the word in this. Um, which makes it even odder that they've said liver-coloured. <laughs> I can't open a person. I looked at their liver. It's the same colour as your dog. <laughs> It feels if you're looking for an economy of language there, you could have just said brown. <laughs> I don't know, is that the colour that livers are? I thought they were kind of purpley, but maybe that's only when they've got blood in them. I drained the liver first, obviously. <laughs> that's what we all do. We're all Victorians. <laughs> if there's only a zombie apocalypse that ever happened, she would be fucking unbearable. Endlessly telling, I told you so. And no, you can't have any of my weapons. And maybe if you've been stockpiling for years, you'd be better prepared. <laughs> She didn't even have a good plan! Her plan? Her plan? Was to hold up in a church with whatever weapons she could find, clear the place out of zombies, get some survivors, and just stay there, because that's what happens in zombie movies. And everything great happens in zombie movies, don't they? They all get to the end and there's cocktails and ice cream, and everything's brilliant. Oh no, everyone dies in zombie films! If you're making notes during a zombie film, you don't write the same thing over and over again. Don't do that. The zombie virus is always released at exactly the same time as the thicko moron virus. <laughs> I have a plan for surviving the zombie apocalypse. It's a genius plan. 100% success rate. Simple, two parts. Part one, get eaten by zombies. Part two, wake up, they're not real. It's fake, it's, a, it's just a story. You don't need to plan it, it's never gonna happen. You don't need a zombie survival guide. People need this sort of suspension of belief to watch a zombie film, which is fine in a film, but then you can't with a completely straight face ask you what your plan is. And it doesn't matter how many Jane Austen novels you ruin, that's never going to change. <laughs> Why are we so hung up on zombies? Do we still believe there's a fairy that just, you know, pays money for discarded calcium, or that Father Christmas breaks into your house, leaves a mountain of gifts, and yet somehow resists the urge to put its cock in your mouth, take a picture and tag you on Facebook? <laughs> I'm not the most organised of characters, you may have realised this um, from conversing with me, but this is a song about um, the ultimate pointlessness of love. I'm sorry. The only thing that's stupider than worrying about what's past is worrying about what hasn't. Think about that. <laughs> but we don't think. We're all too stupid, all too shit No matter what life throws at us We think we can predict it will go wrong It will go right Make our days, ruining our nights We'll meet our lovers And lose our friends Or vice versa, no one else knows how it ends And when we get it wrong We'll simply write our songs about it About the knowledge we made up And how we thought without it And all the things expected of the ones we showed affection A directionless invention Which in hindsight is inflection of a concept We can't begin to understand This construed by the absurd and the unsubjugated word of our hearts Which beats for us as much as anybody else 
one you love than duck. <laughs>
That's when I say, what about breakfast? It tastes What the fuck? I wasn't with them. And I said, yeah, but it's cheap and it's nasty. And right now, that's where we're at. <laughs> the pixies have taken my brain hostage. But we don't talk to pixies. Well, maybe this will help. Oh, wow, you wrapped it up in foil. You're making me feel spoiled. Things are best left undone. So we all say, what about breakfast at Tasty's? Because you don't cunts, that wasn't a farm. And I said, yeah, we all quite liked it. It might be shite, but it's all we've got. Thank you. Charles Fletcher, Joe Abel, Mikey Avon, Julius Abraham and the amazing Mr. K.